I hold on. I'm gonna do that again. Ignore that. Ignore that editing, Allison. Future Allison, listen up. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episodes of Unseen Must See, the podcast <laughs> where myself, Kay Tims, and myself, a buzzbutt. <laughs> We review the movies that our friends and society as a whole tell us we absolutely must see before we die, and we get shamed when we admit that we haven't seen them. Hopefully, we're a few episodes in now. Everyone knows the the routine. Mm -hmm, The gist. Yeah, they get it. You're here. You're a friend. If you've stuck through this long, you must have some connection to what we're doing. So thank you. (laughs) We appreciate you. The movie that we watched this week was Seven Samurai, which is a film from 1954. (laughs) Yes, 1954. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, 1954. Black and white. The title is, I kind of enjoyed the title. It was pretty self-explanatory as to what is going on. It's it's a story about seven samurai who are trying to protect this farming village from bandits. So you kind of get get the idea. So how yeah, did you right feel? Off the title. <laughs> before we hop into that, I just want to quickly, quickly say we've recorded a few episodes before we actually published any of the episodes. Uh, Kendra and I actually just this past week put out our first episode and we had quite a few people listen, which shocked the heck out of both of our butts. And so we want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who listened, everyone who commented, brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, shared in their Instagram stories. Oh, guys, I have shivers right now thinking about it. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the support. And if you're here with us now and you listen to the first episode, I'm so happy to have you with a friend. (laughs) Okay, back to our regular programming. So what did I think of Seven Samurai? Actually, that's kind of rude of me. Kenner, what did do you have anything to say to talk about? To the people. It, it, I yeah. think you I think you summed it up. Okay. I think you summed it up quite well. Just a lot of appreciation. It was really nice getting comments that kind of affirmed that like the idea is solid. It makes sense. I've had so many people message me and be like, I haven't seen The Godfather either. And like I listened to this and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll check it out. That's literally the point is is this idea. And then they tell their spouses or their friends, they're like, oh, there's this podcast in the first episode's The Godfather. And the first thing out of their friend's mouth is you haven't seen the godfather and it's like yep they're okay proof of concept it was uh it was very validating oh very sweet so anyone who reached out and we've already gotten new film recommendations from the people who have so the list is growing and uh i'm so excited to watch more movies oh some of our our close friends have reached out and listened and said like you have to have us on the podcast and you know we want to listen and stuff like that and trust me we are going to have some awesome guests we have some awesome guests lined up we're so excited to introduce them to you. So more movies to come. Our list is like over a hundred films. Yeah. So we got at least a, over a hundred episodes in us so far. Which means we get cake. I don't care if anyone's listening <laughs> at that point, but when we hit a hundred episodes, we get cake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cake for a gluten-free and lactose-free duo like ourselves yeah. means diarrhea later. And we're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> Those two words don't belong in the same sentence. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I agree with you. We're going to go get ourselves a really fancy lactose-free, gluten-free cake. Yeah. And it's going to be delish. (laughs) 
Okay, now back to our regular programming. So, how did I feel about the film? <laughs> you know what? It's like I didn't get. I didn't. It. It's lost on me. I think. I don't know. Can, I didn't hate it. Um, right. It's not like something that I was like, oh my god, I'm offended. Slightly offended, a little bit. Not offended, but annoyed by what was that character's name? He was an actual samurai, but he really wanted to like participate. Kikuchio. Kikuchio. We're gonna um, apologize we're gonna in advance. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Both of us just went, oh God. He was absolutely annoying to me and I couldn't stand him. And to be honest, I was kind of hoping that he would die. Yeah. yeah I just, so- just, he was so loud and like mean. A, a lot of people, a lot of the characters were just, just, maybe it's like a cultural thing or the time or whatever, but they were just like mean. Mean yeah, to each other. I found that too. I wrote under his character note, he has big Iago energy. And I'm speaking specifically of the cartoon parrot from Aladdin not yes. from Shakespeare but yes. just like really angry and really loud and big Too jokes much. that I didn't really understand no um yeah I I agree with you I think I could see what they were going for where they were like we need this character in the mix so it's not just like straight across the board virtuous samurais because I think they were known for being pretty loyal and virtuous and had good morals and and all of those things so I can understand that watching a movie with just seven perfect human beings doing the right thing may not have been as interesting Interesting, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. But what? Why is the choice to like yell the whole time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, only all his dialogue was shouted, and I just a human like that in my life, I couldn't stand. I I felt like he had no redeeming qualities to me. So I don't know. It was also way too long for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was uh, to the point that I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, we have. I thought there would be like some form of battle at least in like hour one. Yeah. Yeah. Or hour two, to be honest. We talked about that where we were like, just the title alone, and maybe it's very presumptuous and ignorant of me, but I I saw the title and kind of assumed we were going to get like an old fashioned martial arts film. Yeah. Like just, you know, where- Amazing fight scenes. Yeah, just artistry, like craft of fighting specifically. And then as the movie went on, I was like, oh no, that was very presumptuous of me because it's it's not that at all. It's more about samurai in the sense of who they were as people. And there were battle, depending but they were very crude. They were very basic. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, throughout this entire film, I just kept on thinking about all the other, like, kung fu movies that I've seen, like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, and kept on thinking, not only the art form, like, martial arts mm-hmm. is so well presented in some of these other films, but also fight scene and fight choreography has just come such a long way since this film, because I'm sure at the time, no one had seen anything like this so they were just kind of enamored and in awe of this entire process another thing though which like I was watching this and I was thinking dude I don't know anything about Japanese culture I know very little in terms of day-to-day life and why people do the things they do I had to look up why why all of the men had their head shaved mm-hmm. they're fighting in thongs yep. you know throughout the film and I was just like this is very interesting to me that I I'm, cu- I'm curious why they're doing all of 
of these additional things, which I had to then look up, which yeah. the reason why they shave their head is for comfort of helmet to be oh. hot. So it's not so hot, which to me, again, didn't make any sense because every man's head was shaved and they're all wearing helmets on regular basis. But I, it might, I wonder if it applies to hats as well. I guess so. Maybe. As a farmer, you might wear your hat in the field to like yeah. get sunburnt and stuff. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's why they're, they're, yeah. they're all their heads were shaved was for the heat comfort purposes. But yeah, I, I know that like a traditional Japanese play is like seven hours. Right. So length is yeah part of it. Yeah. So I'm assuming that three and a half hours is actually kind of short and fun for them. But yeah. <laughs> In 2022, Oof. you know, Allison, who lives in Canada, is kind of going three and a half hours is like six episodes of The Office for me. I was going to say, I did <laughs> have a moment where I, I started to play it and I was playing it on my computer because I'm distant blind. So anytime something involves subtitles, it's better for me to watch it on a smaller screen that I can keep closer to my face. But I opened it on my computer and it went, it said three hours and 27 minutes. I was like, no, you're joking. This yeah. can't be right. It was my own fault. I should have checked in advance. And that's hard too because it's like then you've got this bias on it where you're like oh man this is gonna be a a trick is you know you almost like set yourself up for having to like get through it which is maybe not the greatest mindset to go into something with but it's worth noting that this wasn't long for a reason this had many areas that could have been hacked cut didn't need that there were a lot of establishing shots that were exactly the same there were a lot of heavy explanation as to what was going on where I was like you just you did this in the last hour and I got it like I have a note where I was like the whole aspect of like training the farmers and training the villagers how to defend themselves was really great I think that idea where it was like you know we're all in this together but it could have been a montage it could have just been look at them working like little bits and snippets that would have gotten across the same thing that took them the majority of the film yeah I I 100% agree with you. I even, because I was so, it was so long for me, I even noted that the love interest storyline literally got introduced an hour and 26 minutes in. That's when we finally found out that there was going to be a love interest storyline. Yeah. Which to me, I was like, whoa, that would be, if I was making a movie, maybe the latest 30 minutes in. Yeah. An hour and 30? Bruh. Like. And for it to still have had such little development. They showed them a lot, but they showed them in the same stage of their flirtiness courtship. A lot. Where I was a like, have we really not progressed further than I know. Than but you know, like I, I also know for, because again, I do the two truths and a lie. So I do some research on the films. Right. I know that this director specifically wanted to originally make a film about the day in the life of a samurai. Instead of doing that, this movie is basically like a Japanese remake of The Magnificent Seven. Every person that I told that I hmm. was watching this film was like, did you watch The Magnificent Seven first? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't watch that and I'm sorry. So I'm just going to... It wasn't on the list. It wasn't on the list. This one was. This one, exactly. So if you want us to watch The Magnificent Seven, <laughs> put it on the list. I'm not putting it on the list. No one else. Everyone said you need to watch that first. No, no, no. This one was three and a half. How long is the Magnificent Seven? I don't have. Unless you guys want to pay me like a full salary to do 40 hour weeks of watching movies, which I will do. 
I don't have eight hours. Any takers? Of my life. Anyone, anyone out there? <laughs> yeah. But basically, because the Magnificent Seven is a Western, this is the Japanese version of that. And I think he wanted to keep the elements of day in the life, which he did. The only thing is that I found it to be like not so interesting. Yeah. Like it was interesting to a certain extent, but that was the thing to a certain extent. It could have been a montage. I could have understood through a montage. Again, it's 1953 where montage is really a thing back then. I don't know, but you lost me because of the yeah. length. To be there's honest. a reason. Like, there's a reason montages exist now. Yeah. It's because someone sat through those movies and went, I feel like there's a faster, more efficient way to do this that gets across the same point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't, I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't mad at the film. No. I did find certain things kind of interesting in the sense of, I think before the, before the Zoom, you, you mentioned acting styles and stuff like that. There, mm-hmm. I found, I found the acting to be kind of weird uh, just because it seemed like everyone was on a different film yes. a little bit. Yeah. I have a note that immediately I got off the top of the first few scenes was like, this reminds me of a grade nine drama class performance where exactly. everything was the highest stake. There was no up and down. Everything was really important and it was very physical and clearly some acting teacher had told you, you have to reach the back of the audience. So you're going for it. I found particularly this acting style, if I had to describe it, would be very physical. Yeah. Clowning, masking, that kind yes, of stuff. Yes. There was a lot of like big body movement and drops to crouches and arms all over the place. And I have another note where I was like, I appreciate the running in this film. There was no, we're going to walk from point A to point B. We run. <laughs> It reminded me, yeah, it reminded me of when, you know, when we were little and like, you'd be like, oh man, let's go to the slide. And you'd run to the slide. Yes. It reminded me of that. There was no like jaunt, nope. slowly walk. It was like full on sprint, sprint, and sprint, sprint. It was like from one side of the frame to the other side of the frame and then back again and yep. then more. It was just so quick running, getting all over the place, childlike playing mm-hmm. pretend was kind of the overall style of acting I got from this movie. But that being said, some of the actors, like the actor playing Kambe, who was the main samurai was very subtle. That's what was confusing. Yeah. That's what I found confusing was that there were actors who were so minimalist when it came to expression. It felt like the only time they ever raised their voice was when it was intentional, that kind of stuff. And then we're in the same scene, have, you know, a sobbing man flopping to the ground. And it just, to me, I don't know. I say this almost every episode at this point. I would love to watch this with like a Japanese historian is this some form of something that I'm just not privy to because of my North American lifestyle or is this weird <laughs> yeah yeah was it was it weird then yeah another thing that I I just remembered right now is I forget what the character's name is it's hard because these are also names that you know we're not hearing every single day here they in also North didn't, America they didn't introduce them well either I don't there's a so. solid first 45 minutes of the movie where I was going I know one person's name and it's old man yeah yeah. Like yeah. no one is taking the time to be like, oh, so-and-so. How, like they didn't give, they didn't give me a chance at the beginning oh, to yeah. figure it out. The further it went, I picked up some, I think because I was invested in who they were. So Shino, I figured out right away, but it was a lot, it was interesting that, because I think it's easy to blame, oh, like they're weird names. So they're harder to remember. But I just don't think that's true because I read so much fantasy where their names make no sense and they're just like a made up language. But if I'm invested in them, I can remember them fine. 
Yeah. Well, that was another thing that I found about this movie as well, is that this movie had kind of that bipolar sense of exposition and not at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. There were characters that were giving you not even a name at some points. And then later on, you know, sobbing, being like uh, holding a little boy in a, a rice paddy field or whatever and just sobbing being like this is what happened to me I am this little boy you're like what like yeah. well I'm so freaking lost but also I think I was lost because of the subtitles just me as an individual they were fast they were fast and because it was so long and because of my lack of you know keeping attention sometimes which I think I'm not the only one who is that way I didn't feel like being glued to the subtitles titles at all points just because I didn't find a lot of the story very interesting I tended to you know look at my notes oh what yeah. time is it how much more of this movie do I have and then I'm not obviously obviously I'm not reading subtitles during those moments yeah but at one point I wasn't reading the subtitles at all and I was like I'm pretty sure I can just figure this out I guess <laughs> um, I don't know yeah I just I feel bad because it's not that I disliked the movie I just think that I wasn't the audience for it one mm -hmm. and two yes. I know this movie has been redone a few times and, and I, inspiration I is, taken from exactly and I think this is one of those films that deserves we've talked about should they redo a film or whatever this one yeah. I think yeah this would make a great miniseries yes the first episode is about the village and them trying to protect themselves and what are we going to do the next episode they go into town they find the one guy you get a few episodes of them collecting the group and then you can do training battle like it, it had some Game of Thrones elements to be honest with less production value and not, I guess, less queen royal court stuff. But this concept of, you know, we're building this to protect ourselves. And there was lots of discussion about tactics where they opened the map and we're like, okay, if they attack from here, this is what we need to do. And if they attack from here, we need to flood this river. And like that stuff could have been interesting. It was just too long. I'm with you too. I think the bones of this movie are there. Yeah. The concept is interesting to me. Yeah. I, I feel for the villagers going, how do we protect ourselves? Like there was one scene in particular where I came very close to tearing up where the poor farmer Yohei. It was his job to protect the container of rice and he slept with it all night and then woke up in the morning and it was missing and he was individually picking grains of rice up off the floor because he knew that was the only way they could pay the samurai. That broke my heart. I was emotionally connected in that moment where I wasn't in very many other moments because it was very explainy and it was very drawn out and it was very on the nose. Yeah. The only time I was emotionally connected, it wasn't at that point because I was frustrated in that section of the film because I don't even say that moment because that moment was like an hour long. I was frustrated in that section of the film because there was like, you know, those weird thiefy men that were also there. I don't yes. really know what they did. The gamblers, they were so rude and disgusting. And I was just like, is this, was this like normal way that people talk to each other? They're like, you stupid idiot, go hang yourself and die. And I'm not even kidding. That's what they said. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, that's a lot. And I wasn't into him, I guess. I not and not not the Yohai, the farmer, but the guy who was with him was named who was named Kyozo, I think. I think uh, he was the one whose wife was kidnapped by the bandits and then when they found her, she ran Rikichi. Okay, him. So anyways, so he was being so cruel to him. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset at the fact that he was being so cruel to him in that moment. But the one moment that I was connected to was when that amazing samurai who was just so skilled 
The swordsman? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think his name is Kyozo. I can't remember. He was the, the super, super skilled one. And when he died, that's when I felt some form of, yeah. oh, he was kind of my, the cool silent guy that I appreciated very much so. That was the only time I was emotionally connected to someone. Most of the time I was in another world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that is very understandable. It's funny because, you know, usually I have notes and notes and notes and notes of like thoughts that I have throughout the film, but I think because the film was so slow, I almost have no notes. Yeah. Cause nothing stood out. It was an overall kind of like blank. I do have a few about the production of this film mm. that I thought was really cool. And I did take a moment out of the movie and just sat there and thought, none of these crowds or this group of people are CGI'd. Yeah. This is a giant village of individual people. I thought the supporting actors or extras or whatever you would refer to them as in this film were absolute stars because the number of crowd scenes and wrangling people and, oh, here's this group, but here's that group and oh everyone's running around and panicking okay everyone be quiet okay now we're all circling around this guy that we want to punish like there was so much coordination required for those scenes that I it's baffling to me because that now would be you got six guys and then they would digitally copy them and just repeat them over and over and over in the field to make it look populated but to cost less money I don't know who the poor because in our situations it would be the third AD is that right yeah the third AD would end up being the background director as well. Yes. And Which a lot of people don't know that someone is specifically assigned to just direct background. Yeah. And to fill cool. those fill those situations and make them feel real. And like, man, the job done on that was pretty incredible. I also wrote in my notes, the dust of this village is its own character. <laughs> Some of the working conditions in this movie looked miserable. Oh my gosh. I kept on thinking the bugs, the dust. The cold. You could see someone's breath in one of those dirty mud like piles Mm -hmm. at one point where I was like, oh Mm -hmm. gosh, I feel for them. Yeah. The one thing too though is, you know, a lot of these older films don't have any music or the music seems quite static, I guess, in Mm -hmm. some of the films. Like an afterthought. Yeah. This, it didn't. It blended quite naturally. I don't know if that was, you know, intentional or not. I didn't really read anything about that. Someone else can probably let us know. But I thought the music was just very, very well composed for this, especially if we're talking about 1953. And that wasn't just a new kind of concept. I thought it was like up to 2022 standards, if we're going to say whatever that means. Yeah, I I really blown away by that. I was blown away by that. It felt seamless. Don't even have notes about the music. And I think that's because probably because it was put in so well that it didn't pull you out of it. Yeah. I also, I want their pants. I want their pants. They looked so comfortable and so big and flowy and cool. I I would have loved to see this colorized because some of the yeah. patterns and the that you could see on their shirts had designs and I just imagined it being this very colorful look. And that was something that I thought found interesting too because I have a question in my notes where I was like, what was the time period of this? 1950, no, sorry, 1537. So Wild. One, yeah, because one of the 
characters, the, the I think that's what I was trying to say earlier a little bit, but he was the annoying guy. He yes. pulls out the family history from inside his kimono. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part? No. So, okay, so he's <laughs> wasted. Like they they have the six samurais and he's totally yeah. wasted. And he's like, here's your last one. And and he pulls out his family history and he, he goes like this. And um, he says, I'm this guy. And the guy says, you're blah, 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 born like 1537. And he's like, yeah. He's like, so you're 13 years old. <laughs> so I think it was like the 1550s. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's such a different idea of history because in school we get taught what our history was. And even then kind of a little bit barely. And the concept that these historical periods were happening in other parts of the world and manifested differently. And like, what was the culture of samurai? Because they don't exist anymore. Because I was curious. I did some research where I was like- They don't exist anymore? No, they were like abolished. The official- Yeah, the like official samurai. I was on Wikipedia. Shout out to Wikipedia. Give them $5 if you have it. It says... Samurai became Shizoku and that status was abolished in 1947. Oh, well, so like, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. I that's, think the, the culture has lived on. That was one thing that really stood out to me is, first of all, you we you and I live in a very young country in terms of like it turning into Canada. There was obviously people living here before who had their own culture and civilization and history. But in terms of 150 year old country, that's like how many generations? It's a little baby. Two? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a country that has like a you know like thousands and thousands of years underneath its belt in terms of documentation and I think because you and I live in a country that at this point is so multicultural like Toronto represents 88 countries in terms of people who live here we should know way more than we do I should know about samurais I should have learned it in school I know that yes we should learn our own country's history but we have we have so we have such a large Japanese community here. How mm-hmm. is it that like I'm watching this and I'm going, hmm, I never thought for? about that before or wow, you know, having all these questions about cultural things and having to look it up at Wikipedia. I guess that's just like a sense of curiosity. But I don't know. I it made me really think about the fact that like I really don't fucking know about a lot of shit. No. It would have been cool to have the option to learn about just different countries history. I feel like that would have been a special high school class maybe. I think part of the problem is there just isn't enough time to teach a human being absolutely everything you need to know within the schooling years that we have. I get you. So I have a solution. Cut your math, history, all that stuff. Turn it into half of the year. It never worked for me to learn it out of the entire year and have your final exam at the end. Give me math in September. I do my final exam in December. Then math is over and I don't have to touch math until the next year. Did you not do it like that? No. No, I didn't. I didn't do it like that and it was awful. Wait, wait. At what what phase of your life? Elementary school? All phase of my life. All phase of my life oh, I didn't insane. do it like that we had semesters in high school yeah I had semesters too and every semester I had math history social sciences science physics or whatever whatever no, that's weird you would have it, math the first semester and then you would have whatever you wanted in the next semester no I didn't have that it didn't work <laughs> like that for me and it was trash garbage garbage so, so you know so what Kendra why did your school fail you then because you had <laughs> all this additional time of things that you definitely didn't need to do it's because I wasn't interested at the time to be honest because you had to take certain things. So you had to take your math, your science, your English. Mm-hmm. For me, French. I was in French immersion. So we had to take a certain number of courses in French. We had to do civics and careers. Like there were some mandatory ones and then you would have electives. So you could pick 
I think in grade nine, you could pick one in grade 10, you could pick two. Mm. And as you like, sorry, I hit the microphone, slap the microphone. <laughs> Later, you had more and more empty periods. And I filled mine with visual art, drama, woodworking at one point so that I didn't have to take advanced sciences, which is a whole other thing that makes absolutely no sense. But I noped out of science as soon as humanly possible in high school. Same. I just didn't have an interest in it like I do now. That would have been interesting to me to learn about ancient cultures and different ancient cultures, especially because even the films and the television I absorb comes from a lot of different countries, especially now with streaming platforms and the options that there are. Yeah. We live I would in find the myself, golden age of television. Yeah. I would have found myself much more willing to learn, but, but high school Kendra was like, nah, I'm going to paint a picture yeah. for 45 minutes every day. I guess it's true. I, I mean, in that, yeah, okay, fine. Point proven. I think the solution is to make education free. I mean, what do you mean? Like, it is free. like in not, not when you want to continue, like I can't go to school for free right now. No, I know. Oh my gosh, Kendra, how awesome Wouldn't would that be? be? Great? How many classes would you take right now? Ugh. All the classes. I'm I have so many interests in things that I would go and explore if it wasn't going to put a huge financial burden. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't going to put a huge financial burden on myself. Yes, I have been wanting to take a psych class for probably the last two years of my life, but I know it's going to cost me $700 to do so, which a lot of people listening are from the US right now and they're going to be like $700 to take one class. Wow, that is pennies. Yep, <laughs> it is. I get it. All right. Well, do you want to go into two truths and a lie? Or yes, let's. You, okay, that sums let's it do up it. for me. Fantastic. I honestly, I just, you know, I just want to say before we go into two truths and a lie, I felt like we talked about nothing right now. Like I felt like we talked about <laughs> nothing because it felt like nothing happened in the movie. So we talked about nothing. It's so weird. I'm in a weird place. Okay. It's, yeah, it was weird. It had some weird moments. It had some potential, I think a rework of it. I would love to see a re-edit of this one. I've said it before of many of the, the ones, any yeah. movie that is made like pre-70s. I think could use a modern edit. <laughs> True. So two truths and one single lie. Okay. So this film went really over budget. This is the first one. Okay. This film went really over budget and really into overtime. So it was estimated to do about six months of filming. It ended up being a year and it went into about $500,000 in cost, which at the oh. time was just like insane. And most of that went into weather and it went into horses, believe it or not. Oh. The horses need to be available and training and all that kind of stuff, which I did kind of think about as well when I was watching it. They actually shut down production twice during this film. And the director, I'm going to say this wrong again, Kuros, Kuro, help me Kendra. Akira Sawa actually went fishing on those days off. So like while other directors would be freaking out, the production's being shut down and my movie's not going to happen. He was like, yo, they've filmed so much at this point. There is no way they're shutting this thing down. They've sunk so much money into this. The uber confidence. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So the director, he wanted specific type of lighting in this film. He wanted, you know, certain actors to feel like they had sparkles in their eyes, which I didn't get, but I understand what he was going for. So he wanted to use a specific mirrors and reflections and all that kind of stuff. He actually ended up damaging some of the actor's eyes by doing this like reflection and so many takes. So the actress that ended up playing, you know, she actually had permanent eye damage because oh. of the lighting technique. Yeah. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, the actor who, the actress who played Shino and also that very annoying 
character. Hikuchio, they actually, weirdly enough, because they didn't even have a love interest storyline together. So they met each other and there was like an instant connection am- amongst those two. They were in separate relationships. They had kids of their own. They, nothing happened on set. There was like just this instant spark between the two of them. And they went years and years without falling in love, truly. They just kept this really strong friendship, but they always knew that they would end up being together. And so later on, they actually ended up splitting up from their marriages and they ended up together and lived a long and happy life together with just the two of those guys. Yeah, those are my three. Happy couple, filming, technique, lighting, and then time period and budget. Okay, I think... I think the first one is true because I witnessed how much was involved in this production. And I can imagine when it was on the page, someone was like, oh, it's a village scene. All the villagers are out and they're listening to so-and-so. And it was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And then they got into filming and realized, oh no, coordinating this is insane. And I also have experience working with horses. I did an incredible kids show called Ride that worked with horses a lot. It was kind of like the theme and they are magnificent, finicky creatures who sometimes feel like it and Sometimes they don't and they're bigger than you. So you have to kind of like bow down to their whims. And we were over budget a lot because of horses. So that, that rings true to me. I think the second one also rings true because this era was like the era of trying things and realizing later down the line that it was killing people. Like the lead in makeup and the poor actor who played the Tin Man got really, really sick from the makeup they used. So it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me that they would be trying some technique that would that would ultimately cause damage. And then the last one could also be true too because both of their performances were wild. Feels like they would get along in terms of like, they have the same energy, which maybe is a bad thing because they like wouldn't balance each other out and this could be like a half lie thing where maybe they did get together but it didn't work out and like that's that's the lie so my gut is leaning towards the last one being a lie <gasps> it's a lie i mean i'm completely <gasps> so i'm sorry to those two people because they didn't end up being together i don't even know if they even liked each other it just totally made it up last one's a lie I'm back baby you're After back. a few weeks of losses, yeah. I'm coming back. <laughs> you're coming back with vengeance. A vengeance. But their eyes, though. No, <laughs> that makes me so sad. I know. Poor soul. Okay, let's go into those musties, shall we? Yes, we shall. All right. Welcome to everyone's favorite segment of the show, The Musties, which is short for must-sees. And this is where we rate the films. Generally, it's out of 10. And uh, we use mushrooms as our ratings because what's mustier than a mushroom? Nothing. Um, Nothing. (laughs) So. You twat. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. My mom's probably going to listen to this. So sorry, mom. (laughs) Was that a not? Was that word not allowed? (laughs) No, it's just sometimes I just feel like I shouldn't. I things come out, and then you're like, "What the f did I just do?" That was one of those moments. So, so, so. Oh, we're keeping it in forever. So, <laughs> okay. all right. So the musties, as you may know, are divided into three different categories. We have on the page, which breaks down the plot, the characters, the dialogue on the screen, which is the production value, the acting, the directing, and finally on the brain. Did the movie suspend reality for you? Did you have an emotional connection to it? Would you recommend it? And did it have a good message? Did it have a good moral to it? So, Allison, kick us off with your thoughts of how this movie was on the page. Okay, well, in terms of plot, it had quite a plot. I mean, I I definitely have an an issue with the editing 
and the length. But in terms of what the story was, it was a good story. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with what the story was. So I would give it a 10. All right. Because I, I did enjoy the actual story. Me too. In ter- yeah. In terms of character breakdown, you had such a huge cast. And I just I know that they tried really hard to give us some good meaty background, but I don't know. It just felt you got to know certain characters really well, some not so much. As much as it was long, I really felt like a lot of characters kind of fell by the wayside. And I don't know. I just it felt very confusing in that sense for me. So I'm going to give it a five because five, I would say 50% of the cast did feel really thought out and thought through. And then the other five. I was just like, what is happening? Dialogue. Again, there was a lot of exposition. There was a lot of, again, weird moments of I'm getting a lot of information. Also, what is that person's name? that kind of stuff. And I think that has to do with the script, not necessarily the plot, but the script and the dialogue is part of that. So I'm going to, again, give it a five. Yeah. And that's, that's very valid. I'm with you with the plot. I thought it was a really interesting plot. This idea that this village had to take the fight into their own hands and go out and find everyone and then reconvene and and what's going to happen, where are they going to attack from? It had a love story in it. Like the bones of it, I thought mm-hmm. were really strong. Yeah. I think, which is why I think a remake would be really cool, would be really interesting so I'm with you I'm gonna give it an eight because it didn't there was no big twist and turns I know I'm weird with the plot like that but I still think a strong plot character breakdown I also agree with you I felt I think given how much time they had it should have been better than it was I will say we knew more about maybe the minor characters than we have in past movies the smaller characters were at least given names they were given wives they were given daughters so in that aspect I think I would rate it slightly higher than you but again not much I didn't know where every samurai had come from. I didn't know why the angry guy was angry. I didn't until that moment where he's holding the kid and all of a sudden it's like, he's me. And it's like, what, what, what are you talking about? Where was that story earlier when I could have used it? Cause then you wouldn't have had to say it. It just would have happened. So I'm going to give it a six. I'm agreeing so much. And I think for dialogue, I think it's this one is especially tough with any movie that has subtitles because how do you really know? How do you really know what was said? Yeah. There's a level of disconnect that I think is difficult. And it had some nice philosophical lines in it that I thought were cool and that I think fit in with the very little that I know about samurais is that they're known for their wisdom. I would give that a six as well, just slightly higher, but also still. We get, look at that same average. Ooh. All right. Now on the screen production value. Oof. The edit, this is where I'm like, does editing go into directing or does editing go into production value? Because in terms of production value, I felt like the production value was pretty good. Like we said, you know, the audio in in general wasn't so superimposed. Even the dialogue, it's not like they were constantly doing ADR, that kind of stuff. It just really like, it felt like the camera felt good. The fight scenes weren't great, but again, the time whatever, but okay. I, I'm the 2022 lens. That's right. Right. You so, have been consistent on that. Yeah. Okay. So editing is not going to go into production value for me because that was the biggest issue that I had, but I still feel like if I'm going to put it through the 2022 lens, you know, there are standards for these types of martial art combat movies are just so high. So I'm going to give it a seven. Acting was confusing. 
in and out, you know, we have these masking characters mixed with these extreme minimalist characters. I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know really if it's a cultural thing, but for me, from my point of view right now, it didn't work. So I'm going to give it a five because it was a 50-50 cast. Directing, big issue with length. Yep. Love to see a new edit of it. So I'm going to give directing a five. Yep. I think those are all very fair. I think for me, I agree with you. Production value editing is in there somewhere, but it also falls on the director. That's why it's such a team effort making movies, which people don't necessarily realize, which is why I always find award shows weird and why SAG is always my favorite because they do like an ensemble award Mm -hmm. because it really does take a village. Bad acting isn't necessarily an actor's fault and it could be a directing thing. And it's not necessarily a directing thing if you know, maybe someone dropped the ball somewhere else in production. Like it's very, it's all very interconnected. I think for me, I'm going a little bit less. I'm going to think I'm going to give it a six. And the reason is I was let down a lot by the, the fighting choreo because it just, again, it felt like this weird stage play where they would be like jabbing, like there was no blood, there was no, and again, maybe that is of the time, but I thought that there were moments in this film where they effectively had the violence happen off camera. And that, makes sense because if you can't do it convincingly leave it to our imaginations versus the random scenes where someone fall off a horse and you would see them pretend to jab him and like not even make contact no yeah and then the person was supposed to be dead and it was like oh no this doesn't this is not convincing to me and i have seen convincing elements from this era before so i think it was possible it was just maybe a choice not to do that but i did love their pants and i love the location in no means a fail but it wasn't perfect for acting and casting I am with you as well. In fact, I would give it a little bit less. I would give it a four. You always do. You always give it a little bit less than I do. Because I just, it took me out. There were many moments where I was like, man, I remember acting like this. And no, now it didn't work. At the time, I felt great. It was so fun. Like there was something theatrical about it, which I really enjoyed. But if I'm judging the acting and the casting from from that perspective, it just was way too all over the place for me to be cohesive and to make sense. And there were lots of shots, just reaction shots that it felt like they inserted because they didn't get it, that didn't quite fit or make sense. So that was a bit of a struggle for me. And then directing, I want to see more movies by this director because I would be curious as to what the, because it was, it was just too long. Like it was just, it just didn't need to be this long. But if that's what the audience was asking for and that's what the production company was asking for, he filled it, man. He put something on screen, but I think not making the acting cohesive and was also false on directing. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. I give it a five. Sorry, film fans. I know there's going to be some disagreements on that one. And maybe I'm just coming from an uneducated position, but I have spoken. It's so, our podcast. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so on the brain, uh, suspended reality, oof, you know, no, I was very, very, very unsuspended. So man it was the length that that did it for me so i'm gonna give it a three Mm -hmm. emotional connection only had one moment of emotional connection and that was what i said earlier i don't know if it was the subtitles i also just felt like i didn't get enough character description so again i'm gonna give it a i'm even gonna give a lower two um recommend i would recommend this to someone who loves history of film i would recommend this to someone who loves a kung fu movie or like a martial arts like a scene movie just 
surprised to see it, but I would give it that prelude of, by the way, it's three and a half hours. So I would give my recommendation a two. Message, message is good. So the message is moral and I appreciated the message, which is like, you know, sometimes you just do the right thing to do the right thing and you help your brother and sister out and come together as a unified group to fight against the bad guys. So yeah, I liked the message. That was the message that I got. I don't know if that's the message for other people. The message to me was very clear. So it hasn't been for you in some other movies. Yes. Yes. So I would give the message a 10 because I, I, but I knew exactly right off the bat what this, like we said, what the, what I was getting into is is a group of seven people coming together to, you know, fight against the bandit, the bad guys sticking up for the, you know, the poor people who did wrong. Yeah. Yep. That's what you should do as society. So yeah. in a perfect world, mm-hmm. maybe with less violence, but you know what? If they're like taking and killing your entire family and you're an old lady and I don't know, I don't know if, if they're, if they're showing up with violence, I'm going to show up with some, <laughs> some samurai swords. Yes. Fire fights fire. Okay. For suspending reality, this one gripped me more than some others. I will say I was able to stay in this one much easier than I was eight and a half, like significantly <laughs> easier because it wasn't as wild in terms of concept. Yeah. Like I knew the world we were in. I knew what was going on. I did lag in and out of it, but only because of the link, not because of other elements, which there have been some like missteps in other ones. So I think I would give this, I would give it a six. Length was hard. Length was very hard. For the emotional connection, like I said earlier, I had deep emotional connections in weird moments that came and went and they were very effective. The rice stealing was one. The interaction that Rikichi had when he saw his wife again was another where it was like all of a sudden that was explained. I also felt for Shino and her terrible father, her situation where she had no control over herself or what was going on in her life. So like those people I felt for, I was sad. Like you said, when that samurai passed away emotionally, it had me at a lot of moments. It didn't have me all the way through. So I would give that a seven. Would I recommend this movie? Probably not, unfortunately. I would recommend the remake. I would recommend whatever gets made after it. Or if someone said, expressed that they really enjoyed, um, oh, I can't remember what the movie was, but it was made a few years ago now about, and I think it was a remake of the of the Magnificent Seven because it was a Western. And it got famous because they they broke a, an actual antique guitar and were in big trouble for it. This isn't ringing any bells in Allison's brain, but someone out there is yelling the title and yes, you've got it. That's, that's the right one. So like if someone enjoyed that movie, I would say, oh, you should check out this one. It's very similar. It has a lot of the same kind of things, but I couldn't recommend it at the length it is now. I just think it doesn't, it doesn't hold up. So I would agree with you. I'm going to give it a two. For the message, I agree with you. I wouldn't give it as high. I'm going to give it a nine, but just that idea of who people are doing the right thing, that there are many ways to do the right thing. There was also a little storyline in there with the character you didn't like so much where the real samurai went off and, and got a musket. And it was this big, like, isn't he wonderful because he did that for us. And so he wanted to go out and get it, get the pride as well. Like there were lessons about that in there too, where it was like, do something because it's the right thing, not because people are going to praise you for it. Mm. So it had like sub messages going on as well. So I would give that a nine. The overall average when we add all of these categories together for Allison, this film is a 5.53 mushrooms. And for myself, it is a 5.89 mushrooms, giving it an average of a 5.71, which is higher than the rules of the game. And before sunrise, 
it eight and a half got higher though. So it's so it, I feel like that fits. That's that's in there somewhere. Because eight and a half was better. No, it wasn't. I think oh, so. You're full of poop. I enjoyed this much more than eight <laughs> I and liked half. eight and a half a lot. I don't know what my issue was with eight and a half. I don't know, but I got an issue with this one. And I didn't <laughs> have an issue with eight and a half. A lot of the jokes went over my head on this one was also a note I had that I yeah. didn't get to where it was like everyone in the scene was laughing and I was like, why? What? Explain. Yeah. I don't get it. But I think that could have been a subtitle language barrier <laughs> issue. Okay. Next order of business. Does this movie pass the Brechtel test? No. Not even close. Not even close. There weren't even two named women in a scene together. <laughs> Was there two named women? There was grandma. Well, that's not a name. Debatably. Debatably, isn't it? Well, neither is old man, but they consistently referred to him as that, the like wise guy in the village. Yeah, but there were a bajillion other men that were named. So it's <laughs> yes. fine. Yeah, that's very true. So no, it does not. Women in general weren't treated great in this movie. There was one moment where the women came out with their spears and attacked someone. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. And it lasted all of 20 seconds. And then immediately one of them got shot in the back. And I was like, oh, I well. know in a three and a half hour film. <laughs> we didn't talk at all about how the women had to step up. Uh, so annoying. Yeah, it was a loss. Not odd for this era, unfortunately. So for my day player of the day. So here's the thing. My day player of the day is grandma. Hey. I, couldn't, I couldn't find her name. I couldn't find her. She's not credited on IMDb. Oh, that's you devastating. Find her? Yeah. So I have nominated Old Man because I'm pretty sure Old Man only had one day. Probably. For all of his scenes. Also, he ran so fast for how cripply, like, he had a couple, disheveled like, he was. Again, stage play. He had a couple of moments where he was walking around with his cane and doing the arm shape where I was yeah. like, that's what I would have done in grade nine to be old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The idea of an old man. And then as soon as he had to run, the, the man can jolt. So I've nominated him, but really I want to nominate Grandma okay. And if, if anyone find... finds out what her name is, I change mine. Okay. So, Noted. Yeah. My old man is named, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Kokuten Kodo. <laughs> my God, I don't deserve any friends. Okay. That's, so, that's how I would say it. Kokuten Kodo. People deciding. <laughs> we know what we're doing. So, yeah, that's my day player of the day. But if anyone figures out what grandma's name is, it's her. I very much appreciated when she killed that guy. Yeah, she was she was having none of that mercy stuff. No, she wasn't. And she shouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, so who's yours? My choice is Yukiko Shimazaki. And she from again, from what I can tell on IMDb, because there's no photo of this actress. So I can't match up. Is that the same person? But I believe she was credited as playing wife. Yep. So I believe that good. she played Farmer Rizichi. No, no. Rikichi's. Far- Rikichi. Yeah. Rikichi's wife, yep. who was referred to a lot throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And then seeing her. And it was so cool, even the way that they introduced her, because it was a really beautiful reaction shot of just her face and like hearing what was going on. And you Mm. knew from that shot, she was important Mm -hmm. and didn't realize until later why it was important. But the whole scene where he sees her again and instead of confronting him and going back to him, she was so ashamed of presumably this is all subtext. It wasn't expressly said, but my interpretation was that based on the terrible things that had likely happened to her at the hands of the bandits, she chose killing herself over having to go back to him and face him and felt guilty about that, which is such a thing to unpack Mm -hmm. and did it in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Like that's all she was given to create that moment of devastation for that character. And I thought it was a brilliant performance. Yeah, she was great. So that's that's my choice for this week. Yay. And I remembered to say her name this time. <laughs> yes. So next week we are listening to bite or listening. 
help. <laughs> Your um, podcast brain. Yeah. We are watching Bicycle Thieves, which is a 1948 film. Kendra, would you like to yes. read the storyline or the I synopsis of it? I would love to. Antonio Ricci, an unemployed man in the depressed post-World War II economy of Italy, finally gets a job hanging up posters, but he needs a bicycle. But when his bicycle is stolen, he and his son walk the streets of Rome looking for it. Antonio finally manages to locate the thief, but with no proof, he must abandon his cause. But he and his son know perfectly well that without a bike, Antonio won't be able to keep his job. Boom. Boom, boom, shakalaka, boom, So if that boom, sounds boom. interesting to you, like it does to me, mm-hmm. go and find yourself a copy of this movie and join us. If you want to watch Bicycle Thief, come and join us. Uh, next week, we will have our lovely Kendra Timmons back for another episode and a buzz. We're gonna talk Bicycle Thief, 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 Thief. You can't see me, but I'm grooving. Yeah. That's it for us today. That is. If you want to check out more from us, we are on Instagram as Unseen Musties. No spaces, no capitals. And if you have any movie suggestions or want to let us know your thoughts on the movie or by any chance are any of these expert historians who can help us understand or make light of any of the things we said we were confused about, please send us an email at unseenmustsees at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you as well. Yeah. Come talk to us. Come be our friends. We like to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. And again, big appreciation for episode one. You guys rock my socks directly (laughs) off the body. Have a wonderful day. Have the best day of your life. Eat your lunch, do your homework, and come straight home. And go watch movies. You better watch a movie. You better. (laughs) I'm going to get you. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.